The Pat Kenny Show with Matter Private Network on News Talk. Former Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon was arrested yesterday and released without charge seven and a half hours later. This was part of an investigation into what happened to 660,000 of donations for an independence referendum campaign. Now, joining me is uh, George Parker, political editor of the Financial Times. George, good morning. Morning. So, uh, a lot of money, £660,000, pounds goes missing and there were earlier arrests but the arrest of Nicola Sturgeon probably unexpected I think so Nicola Sturgeon herself certainly seemed to be uh, shocked by the fact that she'd been arrested although there'd been speculation around for a while that she might be brought into the police inquiries Um, the police had already detained the party's former treasurer Colin Beesey and the party's former chief executive Peter Murrell, who also happens to be Nicola Sturgeon's husband. So the net had been sort of um, cast fairly widely along the, among the um, top SNP leadership. And I think some people thought it was only a matter of time until Nicola Sturgeon was, was possibly questioned mm-hmm. as well in relation to this. But nevertheless, she seemed very shocked and she issued a very long statement protesting her innocence, of course, and saying she had no idea this was coming. Now, it said that she was arrested by arrangement with the police. In other words, this was not, in fact, a surprise uh, to her. Uh, she you know, wasn't hauled off in handcuffs or anything like that. So uh, the question is, if she had arranged this with the police, I'm wondering why was it a shock and deeply distressing if she knew in advance it was going to happen? Well, I suppose I suppose it was when she was told that she would have to attend the police station. She did it by arrangement. That was the moment at which she was shocked and distressed to be brought into. But as you say, perhaps the actual the actual turning up at the police station, she knew obviously why she was <laughs> why she was going going in there. But I mean, she it was quite an interesting statement. It was a very long statement um, uh, and quite sort of passionately argued. Um, her critics would say, "Well, that's just Nicola being Nicola, sort of the the brilliant." Um, manipulator of the media but you know if you read her statement she says over and over again that she's innocent innocence is not just a presumption Mm. i'm entitled to in law i know beyond doubt that i am in fact innocent of any wrongdoing so Mm. yeah it's a it's a it's a very it's a seismic moment in scottish politics for sure Mm. that's for sure now she as you say seized the moment and protested her innocence so that uh, rather than her arrest her arrest dominating the front pages her claim of innocence dominates the front pages today yeah i think um certainly her critics would see this as further evidence of uh, a lack of critical faculty among some parts of the scottish media i mean the story that most people i think would have expected to see on their front pages was former first minister of scotland being arrested and held in custody that is a, a big story uh, and for it to be reported as it was in some quarters in Scotland today as being her protesting her innocence, you, know, you could argue they'd buried the lead slightly there. Mm. Now, where will this go? They had 12 hours uh, either to release her or charge her. They have not done so. No, um, that's that's true. But um, they say that investigations are continuing. So it's part of, a, part of this ongoing inquiry. It wasn't her, her arrest yesterday. It wasn't accompanied by some of the drama that attended the arrest earlier on in this investigation of her husband. When, if you recall, they, the police erected a, a sort of a, a, crime, a crime scene tent in the garden of their house in Glasgow. So it's been a bit, it's been a lower key episode. This, but, but, but the they've taken all the documents from the house already on foot of yeah. his arrest. 
yeah, that's 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 for sure. And then, of course, there was the separate seizure of a one hundred thousand pound motorhome, which the SNP had bought and was seized from outside the home of Mr. Morrill's mother. So this investigation's got a long way to go, and I think you know you can't probably um, derive all that much from the fact that um, she's been arrested without charge because the investigation is continuing. Mm. Now, uh, Mr. Morrill uh, had advanced a loan to the SNP. Now that's intriguing. Uh, now the six hundred and sixty thousand was dedicated to another referendum campaign, so presumably that was ring fenced. Do we know anything about why the SNP needed this other cash and why he was the one to advance it? Well, there's there's a whole lot of stuff which obviously is sub judice over here about what was what was going on in the SNP, but the, the the facts are that the police are investigating the whereabouts of this six hundred thousand pounds of funding which has been earmarked for this independence campaign, which of course has has not happened. Separate to that, there was the question about the SNP falsifying the number of members that the party had and you'll probably remember remember this this was um there were all sorts of suggestions um that the number of members of the scottish of the scottish national party had fallen very sharply um partly it was thought because of the part of the way the party had handled the trans gender row in scotland the party denied there'd been a big fall in the membership um the party's spokesman denied it as drivel i think was the word he used uh, to the scottish media and then it turned out to be true so if you have a fall off in membership, you obviously have a fall off in in receipts for the party as well, sort of in the party's coffers. So all these things are swirling around, and um, that's what the police, I think, are trying to get to the bottom. Mm. Now, the chair of the Scottish Conservatives has uh, called on the current leader of uh, the SNP, the First Minister, Humza Yousaf, uh, to suspend her. Um, suspension would presumably be tantamount to assuming her guilt. I don't know about that. I mean, certainly at Westminster, you frequently have um, MPs who are suspended from the party while police investigations are ongoing. So I don't think it would necessarily be seen as a acceptance of her guilt. But certainly it's a big test for Hamza Youssef. Um, if he doesn't suspend Nicola Sturgeon now, I think his opponents will certainly call him weak. Uh, and if he does suspend her, then it just opens up the sort of factions which are already very visible in the SNP, the sort of the, the Sturgeon loyalists, um, of whom Hamza Yusuf is one, actually, uh, and those people who think that she is a discredited figure. So, you know, the, the SNP are in a terrible state, and um, there'll be a huge amount of relief at Westminster about what's going on up there. Firstly, from the Conservative government's point of view, they have consistently refused to grant Nicola Sturgeon a second referendum in Scotland. Then they'll be feeling pretty smug about the fact that by holding out, they've waited long enough for the SNP to self-destruct, as parties often do when they've been in power for an awfully long time. And then, of course, from a Labour Party point of view, the implosion, at least for the moment, of the SNP is a huge opportunity at the next UK general election, because at the last UK elections, the SNP got over 40 seats in Scotland. Labour got just one. And if you remember back to the days of Tony Blair, mm -hmm. Scotland was the bedrock of Labour support at Westminster. So if they can get back onto the political ground ground in Scotland, maybe win 20, 25 seats in the next election, that has a big bearing on the outcome of the next UK general election. Uh, meanwhile, in London, of course, we saw the uh, standing down of Boris Johnson from his uh, seat. 
what do you make of it? I mean, is he standing down so he can run in a safe Conservative seat the next time and still be a, a thorn in Rishi Sunak's side? Is he believing in the old uh, Churchillian myth that he can have a second coming? Well, I think he does believe in, believe in that. He said that he was stepping down from Parliament for now. And, you know, he seldom have had those two, two words had such political menace in them. But I think let's let's strip this back. The reason that Boris Johnson is stepping down is because he is about to be found to have lied to Parliament by the House of Commons Privileges Committee. That report we're expecting to see in the next couple of days. Boris Johnson was shown the results of it last week. So he knows what's coming. He was about to be basically, you know, accused of lying, well, condemned for lying to the House of Commons, suspended from the House of Commons. And that would have started a process where there would have been a by-election in his seat. So basically he... He jumped before he was pushed. So that's the reason he stepped down. Um, but to answer your question, Pat, is he denying a possible comeback? Yes. I mean, you never write Boris Johnson off or you do so at your peril. Um, I think probably in the back of his mind, he has the idea that Sunak, Rishi Sunak is going to lead the Conservatives to defeat at the next election in 2024. And that if he, Boris Johnson, is an MP in the aftermath of that election defeat, then he might be seen by some of the party membership who still hold a candle for Boris Johnson as the person most likely to be able to lead the party back to power, bearing in mind he won an 80-seat majority at the last election in 2019. So I think all those things will be circulating in the back of his mind. But by by that point, Boris Johnson will have been found guilty by a parliamentary committee of lying to parliament whilst in in Downing Street. That's quite a bad thing to have on your CV. Yeah, well, uh, the two blondes in uh, current difficulties, um, Boris and uh, Donald. Uh, another person whose uh, political farewell we marked this morning, we've just heard that Silvio Berlusconi, the former Italian Prime Minister, has died at the age of uh, 86. So that will obviously be a big story, a retrospective look at his very colourful time in politics. George Parker, political editor with the Financial Times, uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.